I'm the son of rage and love. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And after a month away, we're so glad to be back with oh, you man. talking about the very beginning of part four. Diamond is unbreakable. Very excited for this one. Like, there's sometimes when we've been doing this podcast where, you know, we we finish an episode and I'll go and watch the next two or three or whatever. And then sometimes I'll just go like, ooh, I can't wait till we get to this part in a different part. And I'll just go watch that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that part's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in part four I'm really excited for. I guess we should just like get into it i guess so with episode one oh the numbers are so small again mm-hmm. jotaro kujo meets josuke higashikata yeah part four opens up on a city in japan called morio happy time sunny skies idyllic suburban life oh yeah the streets are green and the skies are orange and everyone's very happy yeah, the, the very first shot gives you a big dose of the unique color palette that Part 4 has. The sky is never going to be a normal sky color. It's always kind of a weird pastel yellow or purple or <laughs> like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, everyone, you know, it's the morning. People are jogging. People are watering their, their plants and shit. Listening to good time, happy, feel-good radio. Uh, and, and most of this opening scene, though, is, is a POV shot of a, a lady making breakfast. Mm-hmm. And she breaks her egg and uh, fries it up on top of two strips of bacon, clearly referencing the tragedies of 9 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the egg is the explosion, yeah. Uh, and then, then her uh, uh, drive-time radio just sort of fuzzes out. As she sits down to enjoy this meal, and as the camera slowly pulls back, we're like, oh, right, it's fucking JoJo, motherfucker. That's a severed hand just <laughs> dripping, dripping blood down out of the floor. Yeah, it's a hand severed like a couple inches above the wrist, and it's <laughs> just making breakfast. This is such cool shit. This this is an X-Files cold open, and one of yeah. the good ones. Yeah, I I love this, this cold open for part four so much. Yeah, the, there's blood trailing off the the severed hand and it drips down onto the floor as the blood hits the floor everything goes black and the blood just like forms jojo's bizarre adventure in the first of two title cards we'll get this episode oh yeah yeah i forgot there's a second one we're we're gonna talk about it a lot more but might as well mention it at the start Mm. not only are the colors non-representational the whole visual flair is like there's a lot that is there's a lot of camera movements a lot of shot compositions that really establish space and more Mm. than that establish the transgression of space yeah uh and when we get into what some of the stands can do (laughs) that's i think there's a very clear reason for that yeah i'm i'm really curious because i i did read through all of part four several years ago I cannot remember it super clearly. I remember the anime way better. So I can't remember how much of this style stuff is also represented in the manga, like Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. panel layout or shots or whatever. Because like part three was pretty good with just being almost panel for panel. But I think part four strays from that a little bit, but I don't have to double check on that. Yeah, we get uh, after our first (laughs) first of two title cards, uh, we're further out from morio now as a uh, uh taxi cab is driving towards the city and as they drive past a radio tower 
the the morning radio show kicks back in. And who is riding in this cab but one Jotaro <gasps> Kujo with a new getup? Uh, he's got a new look. Yeah, he he is no longer in a school uniform, but he's keeping a lot of the aesthetic there. The the general silhouette is the same. His oh, yeah. pants are much baggier. Yes, uh, his cuffs have this sort of triangular pattern in like gesture colors yeah purple and yellow uh his 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 main color now has gone from black to white yes Um, which makes the whole hat hair thing yeah much less mysterious yet much more weird because (laughs) yeah you you would expect there to be a jagged line where the hat is torn because he wears it in the same way no it's a gradient somehow it fuses it fuses to him (laughs) So, but yeah, he's got a very similar hat, the the same type of really long bill that goes to one side. But now on the top, he's got two giant, they're not patches, they look more like metals that are like on the front of his hat, but there's a giant J and then mm-hmm. a big heart with like a hand in it. Yes. And he's got like a line. Okay, so underneath this big white coat, he's got what appears to be a sweater. And then underneath that sweater is like a lime green uh, button-up shirt with a collar popped. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's asking uh, this this cab driver generally about the town, and the cab driver's like, "Uh, like what's good to eat?" And he mean, and Jotaro's like, "No, supernatural crime. Tell me the weird <laughs> shit." <laughs> yeah, and the cab driver's just like, "Oh, uh, mm, I don't really I, know I, much I don't about know, supernatural man. crimes, sir. I know where to get a nice sandwich if if that helps." Yeah. So Jotaro just wants to be, he wants to get dropped off at a, a, a train station, mm-hmm. and he's not happy to be here. Whatever he's doing, pretty grumpy. He He's pulled out a couple of, like, Polaroid photos, and he just takes a look at them. You don't get to see him at first, and he's just like, man, I hope this bullshit isn't what I think it's gonna be. <laughs> And with that, the, the cab drives over part four painted on, on the street. Mm-hmm. And then the, the camera moves up to our second title card. Yeah, just instead of the Diamond is Unbreakable logo, it's just the, the series as a whole JoJo logo. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the camera moves into Morio at like a, a kind of a like town square area. This whole town is laid out. Like we'll later see like a, a sort of bird's eye view shots, but yeah. it, it is a radial design that all emanates from uh, this plaza, which is where the train station is. Yeah. Like it's in the first episode and everything, but this is, you get so many establishing shots of this area throughout part four that you get like almost intimately familiar with the like the roads and shit in this. It's cool. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. But we meet the first of our, our new characters in, in part four, a very teeny tiny high schooler. Yes, a very, very small man who is our narrator. The narrator has been replaced by a very small man. Yeah, this is Koichi Hirase. This is his first day of high school. So he's he's a ninth grader. That puts us in April 1999, by the yeah. way. Yes. Yeah, so a little more than a decade since uh, Stardust Crusaders. So uh, This also means Araki was writing a near-future story when this was published. Right, yeah. Real time never catches up to 1999 by the time that Diamond is Unbreakable is finished in its publication. Mm, yeah. So this also means that Jotaro now is about, like, 28, I think? Yeah, Koichi is kind of the narrator for these set set of episodes. The actual JoJo narrator was the host of the radio show at the start. 
Well, yeah, he, he's uh, he's got two jobs. One is Speedwagon Foundation Dispatch. The <laughs> other is Morning Drive Time Radio. <laughs> the supernatural crimes have been real slow the, these past, like, 11 yeah. years or so. So <laughs> Koichi is very excited and, and also nervous about his first day of high school. And he's kind of just absentmindedly walking forward and walks straight into Jotaro, who is also mm-hmm. just walking straight forward with his head, his face buried in a fucking map. See, so yeah, his face just bounces off of uh, Jotaro's hip with an explosion. Yeah, all of his shit goes <laughs> flying everywhere, and you very quickly see Star Platinum grab all of his stuff and put it back in Koichi's bag before he even realizes that like anything had even spilled out. And this meek, apologetic little boy is very confused what just happened he does not understand because he can't see the hands you know yeah and he looks up and sees uh uh jitaro towering above him is like whoa that guy must be at least 190 centimeters we know for a fact he's 195 (laughs) (laughs) unless he shrank after fighting geb i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so you know, Jotaro like apologizes for for bumping into to Koichi. He he's mm-hmm. just asking Koichi for help uh, with directions. He he's here to find uh, the Higashikata family. Yeah, he starts asking for directions. Like, hey, do you know? Here's here's their street address. What what direction should I be going in? Koichi seems to recognize him, or. Uh, uh, fills us in with future things he will learn that yeah. uh, Jotaro is a, a well-known marine explorer and maritime <laughs> yes. adventurer. Yes. You get, you, He's a fish man. Yeah, I've been really uh, looking forward to this fucking crazy ass detail of when Jotaro grows up, he likes fish. He studies <laughs> well, He fish. read all those magazines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking being like a marine biologist or something over here. I love it. It was all the... Ri- like, this is the, the time of, like, Free Willy and shit. Everybody yeah. wanted to be a marine biologist in the <laughs> early 90s. <laughs> it was the one job that every girl in my school wanted when I was in third grade. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. That was the same right? for me. Wow. <laughs> I forgot that everyone wanted to be that. Well, Jotaro's living the dream. Hell yeah. He gets to play with whales. He's recognized for, quote, outstanding research in the field of ecology. (laughs) I cannot remember because I have memories that 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 line was more specific. So I think later on, I think they get a little more specific with with what Jotaro actually did. Other than just like fish. He takes the most precise measurements of fish. (laughs) Like, it's not an important detail at all, but I think it's like he discovered a really cool starfish or something. (laughs) He just found a cool fish and was just like, damn, look at this. I'm going to write about it. Koichi seems to be a born sidekick. Uh, uh, He's he's hanging out with Jotaro for a while. Koichi is the secret son of Kakuin. Yeah. This is my strong, strong belief. Like, yeah. he, he uh, he's a little guy. He, he's a nice boy. He's got a green-tinted uh, school uniform. Mm. And he's just kind of small and meek. And that that's my boy right there. Oh, yeah. His legacy lives on. The instant I first saw Koichi for the first time when I, when I watched this several years ago, I was just like, that's Krillin. That's going to be Krillin. That's the Krillin of the show. Well, he does not have nostrils. Yeah, he's just got like this little <laughs> this little nose that points straight upwards. It's like, that's Krillin. Do you do you have to be a certain height to get nostrils in JoJo's because, you know, mm. Baby Polnareff lost his when he shrank. Right. Yeah, I guess uh, you know, it's it's like when when ba- uh, babies are still developing in the womb, you know, they they still have like 
the the flesh in between the fingers has yet to be like you know dissolved <laughs> or whatever it's like that but with nostrils once you get tall enough to ride you know the the roller coaster in town somebody <laughs> like punctures your skin twice with an <laughs> oh, awl god that's how you get your nostrils oh man that's disgusting <laughs> Yeah, Joe Jotaro's gonna, you know, just he, he thanks Koichi for getting the directions and he's gonna he's gonna leave. And as he's walking away, uh some other high school freshmen, I'm not sure. They're as big as Jotaro. They're fucking huge teens. Mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. they all start uh uh taunting Koichi. They're the school bullies, clearly. Uh they're punks. They basically just tell Koichi, like, hey kid, you better fucking watch out. Uh, we're gonna beat the shit out of you if you do anything we don't like. And then they just fuck off to go bully another guy that's like 10 steps away. (laughs) This dude is like crouching and checking out a turtle. A turtle that is on the ledge by like this fountain in the town Mm -hmm. square here, right? Yeah. He is fascinated with the turtle because he fears the turtle. And today (laughs) is the day that he's working up the nerve to touch a turtle, uh, uh, even though they they give him the willies. And the bullies do do not want this. They want deference. They don't want a monologue about your fascination and and fear complex regarding turtles. So they, yeah, they they get really pissed off with this 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 other teen, and so they pick up the turtle. Yes, and like, hey, fucking bow down to us, and if you don't, I'm gonna fuck this turtle up. And they do fuck that turtle. Up. Yeah, they slap the teen across the face, and then chuck the turtle so hard it cracks part of his shell open, and he's bleeding all over the place. This show has turtle gore now. Yeah, I feel so bad. Like the turtle's on his on his back, and he's twitching. Oh, I feel so bad for that turtle. But yeah, the, these delinquents are are hassling this this teen, and and they're trying to do like that uh, classic like high school delinquent thing of like stealing another kid's jacket, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trying to get all of his money. So now this the second bullied teen has has stood up to his full height. He is also a full size man, not yeah. like Koichi, <laughs> the, yeah. the special little pocket size hero. <laughs> Uh, and, and so he is in his own form of stylized school uniform. Uh, oh, he's yeah. got a wide open chest with two uh, uh, zippers on his shirt beneath the jacket, big medallions on, on uh, the collar. Yeah. And uh, his most notable feature is, of course, his his perfectly coiffed pompadour with like a, a, a checkerboard pattern in the top. It looks like the so the top of his hair looks like a seared steak. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what it looks like, but like a dark blue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the back is combed up in order to help build this structure. Mm-hmm. And I guess the the two things that really mark out part four character design, while part three was all about the huge shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> part four is about fine lines running down the bridge of the nose. Yes, yeah. The, the, and also the really harsh cheekbones, those are gone now. Yeah, the 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 lines going down the the cheeks, and the the second thing that sets part four characters apart is this is not universal like the the nose lines nearly <laughs> are, but anyone whose uh, uh, hair is up uh, in the back. Mm-hmm. There, there are two wisps that, that don't quite get swept up. You've seen this on real people many times in your life. But <laughs> in JoJo's art, uh, at least for the present, it is represented as two, like, upside-down Vs, two spikes. Yeah, it's like two little hair antennae. <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. Are shooting out from their neck. And yeah, you, you see this on multiple characters, even in the, just, just the couple 
first couple episodes. Uh, it's funny if you look at the manga because the Araki's art style like transitions slowly across the different parts. The start mm-hmm, of part mm-hmm. three looks exactly like Stardust Crusaders. So this this teen looks very much like a Jotaro <laughs> originally. <laughs> yeah, the, this bully teen is, you know, like bowing a little bit towards the these delinquents and apologizing and all of that. And Jotaro is just like, wow. I mean, it sucks to be him, but but he was clearly asking for it being dressed like that. And like, dude, <laughs> dude, <laughs> he dresses exactly like you did. Jotaro, like many adults, has very selective memory about what they were like as a teen uh, <laughs> and chooses to believe that he was extremely cool at all times, unlike kids these days. <laughs> Kids these days decorating their school uniforms with medallions and gold accents. Well, I never. You? I had a cool chain. This kid's got a peace sign. What is this shit? (laughs) So yeah, this teen that's getting bullied introduces himself to these bullies. He is also a high school freshman from class 1B, and his name is Josuke Higashikata, the guy that Jotaro is looking for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, Jotaro just like stops and turns around and is just like are you fucking kidding me and <laughs> and yeah the the bullies are looking at uh josuke's little like student handbook or whatever that's that's got like his id in it with you know the, the little stamp and shit in it and they're they're looking at that and it's like oh this says joe and joe and they're just like well guess we're calling you jojo this means that george joestar the first thought the same as a 1990s school bully they are one <laughs> and the same <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so Josuke is still bowing, just going like, okay, yeah, thanks for giving me a nickname, cool, okay. And they're they're just trying to, they're trying to make Josuke the lackey of the group now, just like, okay, like, you know, come on with us on the bus or else we're going to fucking beat you up and we're going to uh, fuck up your pompadour. And that just makes Josuke, like, freeze and immediately <laughs> get ultra pissed off because Josuke does not like it when people insult his perfectly coiffed hair. Yeah, he he's a sweet... You know, very, very like live and let live, go with the flow, kind of weirdo, generally. The turtle <laughs> yeah. thing is fucking weird, and that's, there's a lot of that in him. Oh, yeah. But as soon as you mention the hair, he, he become he, he turns into some sort of high school Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Just a rage machine. Yeah. And so, Josuke's pissed off. He gets an aura around him, like a, a pink aura, and you see come out next to him the, the just the arm of some type of stand, mm-hmm. and it it's, it swings out real quick and decks the main bully across the face. Just caves his face in. <laughs> yeah, his nose goes sideways, almost just tearing completely off his face. A bunch of his teeth go flying. Uh, and so this guy's super fucked up, and yeah, just Kay's just standing over him, just like, this is what fucking happens when you make fun of my hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he fucking stomps on the kid's head until he's, like, grinding his face into, <laughs> into the pavement. And Jotaro is just like, hmm, that was a stand. Neat. <laughs> cool. Uh, he's such a bad role model. I love he it. He is. Even even what like a decade later, this dude's almost fucking thirty, and like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what he's like. So Josuke goes to pick up the turtle that got all fucked up, and it's fine. It's fine. The turtles one hundred percent a okay. Uh, Koichi is amazed, seeing that the gaping hole in this turtle is is no longer there, and yeah. and then the bully's face starts twisting and repairing, but then twisting a little extra. So now he is a, a bestial pig man. 
yeah, a really wide, flat nose that's like turned up and stuff. And yeah, his his mouth is all fucked up looking now. And Josuke turns around and goes like, "Hey, that's your that's your punishment for making me touch a turtle. <laughs> you made me touch a turtle unwillingly." <laughs> <laughs> Such a goober. What the hell is with this dude? All these delinquents are fucking terrified because one of their friends just had his face rearranged into a new shape and they mm-hmm. they all run away. They're all late for school now. No, nobody's getting to school on time. Uh, but finally, we have a healer in the party of sorts. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's something that's been missing ever since we forgot Hamon can do that. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Yeah. What if old Joseph... Man. Old Joseph... <laughs> Maybe he just never learned that part. That was a, that was a George Joestar specialty, or uh, not George. Mm-hmm. That was a Jonathan specialty. Yeah, yeah. Now that Jotaro knows that that this is the the kid he's been looking for, he he approaches him, and yeah, they they all get a closer look at this turtle. Totally fine. It's a happy ass turtle. <laughs> and Jotaro just starts listing off a whole bunch of details about Josuke. You know, you're yeah. you're born in 1983, your mother's name is Tomoko. Uh she she was 21, she went to a college in Tokyo. Uh she moved to Morio after giving birth, all this stuff. Uh in the year 1987 when Josuke was 4, he came down with a mysterious illness that mm-hmm, and put him mm-hmm. on the brink of death for 50 days. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a fun little detail that ties him into part three a little bit and then then jotaro gets to the last detail here josuke's father is and like he stops he he hates say has to say say this josuke's father is (laughs) joseph joestar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. you know he cheats everybody else uh yeah so (laughs) there is there is friction here, and I think it points to the difference between a character as fully realized and a character in, like, their bullet points. Because yeah. Joseph Joestar, the the gleeful swindler, liar, and cheat that that loves to uh, womanize and, and peep on babes through keyholes. <laughs> yeah, that's a dude that cheats on his wife. Absolutely. Yeah. But Joseph Joestar, the guy who we've seen in 60-plus anime episodes, you never get that sense. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very loyal to Suzy Q, you know, mm-hmm. throughout that. But this, is, that, this happened four-ish years before Stardust Crusaders. Maybe he had a lapse in judgment. Maybe <laughs> we never got to see old man Joseph get drunk. Maybe that's why he hates Japan so much. Oh, maybe. It, this is the land where uh, his greatest regret and shame uh, uh, happened. Yeah. Like, you never get to see old man Joseph drunk. So, you know, maybe when old man Joseph gets drunk, he reverts to his older, his younger self. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he cheated on Suzy Q four years before Stardust Crusaders. With someone one third his age. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> but granted, jo- Joseph has been using hormone. He looks a lot younger than his age, sort of. <laughs> He's at least huge and buff still. He is the hottest grandpa, so... It makes one curious, even though I'm not... I'm not sure I want the answer, but, like, <laughs> what was their relationship like? How much time did they spend together? Right. Was, was this, yeah. like, several months in a love nest situation? Was, was mm. this a, a weird, like, one-night stand with a co-ed? Because she was in college. She was a college girl, mama. Yeah. Hmm. So, so yeah, th- they're having a walk and talk, the three of them. Koichi has invited himself along. <laughs> yeah, Koichi's here for this, too. For this family walk and talk. 
So yeah, J- Joseph is yeah. still alive. Hey kid, you don't know me, but I'm gonna make you imagine your mom in college sleeping with a dude in his 60s. I'm your nephew. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Jo- Joseph's still alive. He's 78 now. He's he he's the founder of the Joestar uh, Estate Agency. And when Jotaro says this, Koichi thinks to himself, oh, that's that really well-known real estate tycoon in America. I know him. I know about the Joestars a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jotaro uh, found out about all this uh, when doing some investigation for uh, future asset distribution when, when Joseph passes away. And mm-hmm. this led to Jotaro learning, like, there's an extra Joe star in Japan that no one knew about. And and Jojo here is going to inherit one third of uh, the real estate group uh, uh, fortune, I guess, yeah. upon Joseph's death as, you know, his, his living son and heir. Is the other two thirds going to Jotaro? I mean, maybe one third is Jotaro and the other third is Holly. Oh. Would it be Holly? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And like Jotaro just says this out loud, like, you know, the whole Joestar family is like upended and in chaos because of this new fucking development of, of Joseph yeah, cheating. Yeah, I fucking bet. <laughs> and, and everybody Jot- clearly hates everybody. And, and Jotaro, like anytime he has to mention even obliquely Joseph, he hates Grandpa so much right yeah, now. Yeah, he, he's, he's real so pissed He's so disappointed off. and angry at him. Yeah, like you can tell it's not like a never talk to Joseph again style thing, but it's just like, God No, I mean, it. he's running his errands, but yeah. he's so fucking pissed off. It's, yeah, it's super pissed off right now and then jotaro just like tells josuke outright like based on family hierarchy i'm technically your nephew hello Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, yeah he's the son of josuke's sister he's his nephew yeah Yeah. and josuke is just like uh okay hi (laughs) (laughs) he apologizes profusely for bringing such chaos yeah he just apologizes and bows to to jotaro a whole bunch while they're like walking to to their their high school again he's he's a nice peaceful boy who doesn't want no trouble he he shirks from from this and he's he just wants to paper things over let everybody be happy Mm -hmm. he knows it's not his fault like (laughs) (laughs) yeah he clearly wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, J- Josuke starts explaining that uh, his mom told him that no, like big solid reason, but just like, oh, dad, you know, dad is away somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. like he's never learned known much about his dad. He's just lived, you know, being raised only by his mom. Except that his mom is still, oh uh, right, uh, just head over heels down bad. She absolutely loves Joseph with her whole heart. Yeah. But now Josuke has a name to attach to to that longing that is con- continued throughout his entire life. Yeah. When Josuke is apologizing, he he says, you know, you know, please apologize to my dad. Excuse me, Mr. Joestar. Mm-hmm. Like trying to separate himself from that a bit. And Jotaro is just thinking to himself, he was fully expecting going to this that he was going to get fucking punched in the face. Yeah. That's what he'd do. <laughs> yeah, he's really confused that Josuke is just profusely apologizing. And as they're they're doing this, uh, Josuke has the same quality as teenage Jotaro in that girls fucking love him. Yes. And he's got like a fan club. He's He's got a trio of groupies. They are referred to as groupies in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they're fawning over him. He, he's the handsomest boy in class. And uh, they think his hair is really nice and cool. <laughs> yeah. And just imagine him being like, ladies, ladies, it's, I just found out I'm going to inherit a whole burrow one day. <laughs> 
And and Jotaro hates this. Oh, absolutely. We're not done talking yet. And so despite being about 11 or so years older, uh, Jotaro still scolds and yells at groups of women. Something's never changed. The man hates women. Yeah, he's just like, I'm not fucking done talking to this dude. You can fawn over his stupid hair some other time, which is a really bad thing to say because Josuke immediately gets pissed off and gets the Super Saiyan aura. Yeah, even the girls are like, oh, this dude has no idea what he just unleashed. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Josuke, real pissed off, is like, what the fuck did you just say to me? And, you know, he pulls out just the arm of his stand again. As he's about to go in for a punch, just the arm of Star Platinum just comes out real quick, just decks Josuke, like, in the chest. (laughs) Or in the throat. Yeah, in the throat, just, like, fucking back off. (laughs) And yeah, Jotaro starts explaining to Josuke what a stand is. So, so yeah... He's the angriest he's ever been with Joseph, but he's following exactly in his footsteps. Yeah. Like this, this opening is essentially a sort of a, a reverse of the, the part three opening. You know, we, we have an, our new Jojo who is a delinquent student. I mean, he's not really a delinquent. He yeah. has the style, but he seems like he's never done a crime in his life. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is part of the reversal, right? And then uh, uh, he he finds out that guess what? You have a family that that has this this history, this legacy, and you're a part of it now. And also, your ghost is called a stand. <laughs> yeah. After Jotaro is done explaining that, Josuke just pulls out his entire stand. Now, mm-hmm. our, our first look at it, and it's kind of star platinum like. I was gonna say it's kind of the world like. Oh, actually, no, you're right. Yeah, it is a little bit more like the world. It's got a, a sort of anvil hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, it's it's flat on the top of the, the helmet style thing, and it's in the shape of a heart. Actually, yeah, there, there's several heart motifs in this, just like the world, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's got heart pauldrons with spikes on them. Um, <laughs> it's got tubes coming out of its back. And it is primarily pink. Pink yeah, it's, and like baby blue. Yeah, baby blue like armor on, on specific parts. It comes out, sw- goes uh, swinging at Jotaro, uh, doing the same style like Star Platinum Punch Rush. And it's it's pretty strong. It, it catches Jotaro off guard a little bit because it's actually able to break through Star Platinum's guard. Which is when Jotaro stops time for the yeah. first time in a decade. Yeah. Uh, he he's only able to freeze time for about half a second because he's out of practice. He 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 basically straight up has not fought with his stand for a decade. Aside from some particularly difficult fish, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, he he just vanishes and suddenly appears to the side of Josuke, and Jotaro's actually like sweating bullets because mm-hmm. he almost got punched clean in the face by his stand. Uh, and his hat is all fucked up. It's like actively twisting and and warping into different shapes. Uh, so, so yeah, he, he just sort of backhands, uh, uh, Josuke in order to, to end the fight before it begins. Cause he thinks to himself, if, if we had gone head to head for real, one of us would have got real fucked up and I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this scares all the girls and he just, <laughs> Jotaro does his, his usual thing of just telling them to quit fucking whining. Stop being women. Go away. <laughs> Out of my face. And and the reaction of the ladies is the same as usual when Jotaro yells at ladies, which is just like they blush and go like, damn, he's kind of hot. <laughs> and then they leave. <laughs> Koichi's still here. Yeah, just man. being little in the background. And the, he's just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's a sneaky little guy. You forget him. Yeah. He's just like, what the fuck was that? Something <laughs> happened. I, I could see it. Ghosts. But yeah. He, now Jotaro's helping 
Josuke up. Josuke's calmed down after getting fucking decked in the face. And so uh, we finally see some of these Polaroids. Uh, Jotaro's yes. like, hey, uh, I'm in town for two reasons. Number one, I got to tell you who your dad is. Check that off the list. Number two, I got some fucking weird pictures here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got some spooky photos. Joseph has taken some spirit photography originally to try and track down Josuke. Mm-hmm. But the photos in were not picking up Josuke, but rather some area in Morio, and there's a fucking ghostly, evil-ass face <laughs> just overlaid over these pictures. Yeah, pictures of, like, several different people, but the same sort of evil, like, clearly a fucked-up stand sort of face yeah. made of mist hovering around them as an aura. Yeah. As an aura, 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 aura. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so, yeah, Jotaro's just like, I just need you to look at these pictures. This weird guy that's in all the photos we're thinking is somewhere in Morio. If you see this guy, just run away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just please be very careful. And since Koichi's there, Jotaro just imparts this info on him, too. Just like, Koichi, you see this fucking bad dude? Like, you're the tiniest. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Also, you can't see stands. Like, yeah. this whole set of episodes, Koichi sees a lot of stand action, but he has no idea what's happening. In <laughs> yeah, he just knows something is happening, and that's it. <laughs> uh, so that that's uh, when we get our first title card. It is Crazy Diamond, you know, his full body shot, his st- his stats. It's the mm-hmm. first time we learn the name of uh, Josuke's stand, Crazy Diamond. In the, in the English dub, it's changed to Shining Diamond. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why. I feel oh. like this is a reference you could get away with and no one yeah. would care. Uh, it is, of course, named for Shine On You Crazy Diamond, the 26-minute, nine-part Pink Floyd song. <laughs> yeah. Because if you aren't, like, actively attacking, you know, the, the structure of music, you're not a Pink Floyd piece. <laughs> <laughs> so now that, you know, Jotaro has imparted all this info on Josuke, they both, both Josuke and Koichi go like, oh shit, school, and they, they just run yeah. off. And as they're running off, you know, Jotaro notices his hat is all bent and twisted and fucked up. And thinking to himself, he realizes what what Crazy Diamond's ability is. Crazy Diamond has the ability to fix things that are broken. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll get more into the actual mechanics of that later. But uh, it's a fun ability. It's it's very structural. It is a lot of fun to play with. And like. As we will see in the next few episodes, Josuke has spent his whole life thinking of cool tricks. Yeah, it's like from the get go, they do really cool shit with with it, with Crazy Diamond. I like it a lot. Uh, so yes, th- that's when the title card happens, and afterward, we're in a different part of the city. We uh, have somebody catcalling and mm-hmm. getting immediately punished for it with perhaps their life. <laughs> yeah, this dude's in like a, a convertible. He's got the roof down, catcalling this. This MILF, this hot lady, she has taken none of it. And she just grabs this dude by his hair and drives his face straight down into the partially rolled down window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Breaking both it and his face. Yeah. And then she just goes on with her day. And then a cop rolls up on a bicycle. The tiniest <laughs> little bicycle. It's so tiny. This is how all cops should uh, be made to drive around the city. Take away yeah. their guns, put them on tiny bikes. <laughs> put them in their place uh no 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 dignity for the police thank you very much yes uh, and, thank and you. so uh this guy would like to report an assault and it, it turns out that's not gonna work because this lady is the cop's daughter yeah <laughs> which don't don't you love how cop families are immune to the law uh, yeah. uh? 
Surely this abuse of power will only hurt assholes like this and no one else. Woo! Woohoo! For, for people that don't know, this is a real fucking thing. Uh, my, my girlfriend has a relative that used that is ex-NYPD. Cops can just give their relatives get out of get out of crimes for free cards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a, a literal, actual, real fucking thing. It's just like, hey, I'm a family with a cop. Here's a card. I know you just pulled me over. Can can I just get out of jail for free? And the cops will just go like, oh, okay, yeah. It's a real fucking thing. I've seen the stupid ass card. Yeah, this cop don't give a shit. So after this, this dude, like, he, he is clearly an older man. He, he's a grandfatherly, nearing retirement police officer on his tiny little bike. Yeah. Uh, after he denies the, this bleeding asshole uh, uh, any sort of uh, hope for, for justice through the legal system, he helps a tiny old lady cross the street. Yep. This itty-bitty granny. She's smaller than Koichi. She's, yeah. she's pocket-sized. Tiny, tiny. Just pick her up, put her in your purse. Uh <laughs> So after after helping this old lady, that this this cop catches up to his daughter uh, Tomoko. So this is Josuke's mom and grandpa. Mm-hmm. You know they they just start talking. She calls her son a moron uh, again. <laughs> yeah. It's part three reversed. She is yes. the Jotaro in this mother daughter in this mother son yeah. relationship. T- Tomoko um is a tough lady. Uh, with an attitude who's pretty sassy, but but with a veiled soft spot for her son yeah. that takes a lot to actually come out o- uh, openly. Yep. And then you know they both start talking about like, hey, we should you know celebrate tonight for since this is Josuke's first day of high school. You you get a very like distorted shot of the road here. It it is like extremely curved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're on a very tiny planet. But as they're going up over the the top of the the road here in this distorted shot, uh, the camera pans to the other side of the sidewalk where there's a massive a, sidewalk. The sidewalk is massive. like eighteen feet wide. Yeah. Uh, we get a couple walking down the sidewalk the opposite direction. Uh, the, this lady latched onto the arm of this huge, not Yakuza dude, but looks like he does crimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a crime looking dude. Yeah. He's got like a mullet and, and a weird a weird beard. But they accidentally bump into this other guy walking down the sidewalk. And on a sidewalk this size, you have to be trying to bump into somebody, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And this dude is kind of in silhouette. You don't really get to see him too well. This guy immediately stops, gets pissed off, turns around, grabs the dude that bumped into him by the shoulder, and we just see the the eyes, the the eyes of this dude has been grabbed, like lock with this dude in silhouette, and he's just immediately terrified. Yeah, yeah. And now uh, uh, it's Jotaro's turn to be the narrator. Did the narrator retire? Really? Is he just know. a radio man now? <laughs> Maybe. And what Jotaro is narrating is the history of this particular criminal who is clearly the guy that, that grabbed uh, uh, the, the man away from his girlfriend on the sidewalk just a moment ago. Yeah. He's telling us about the life of Anjuro Katagiri, better known as Angelo, uh, who was caught at age 12 with the snare on a stick that dog catchers use. <laughs> yes. That is how he was arrested. Yeah. So Angelo is like, this number means nothing, but Jotaro says he has an IQ 160, and this is paired with footage of him when he's 12 years old in a park, or when Angelo was 12 years old in a park, and he just runs up to a couple on a park bench, and he just nails a dude in the face with a bat, instantly killing him. (laughs) Um, The perfect crime. Only a genius could conceive of such a thing. Yeah, but no. Uh, So Angelo is a murder rapist. Yep. yep. Sent to to juvie for both assault and rape. In this whole monologue, uh, 
Jotaro does say that his greatest crime for which he was uh, eventually to be executed is is too heinous to mention. It does get mentioned eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Angelo is one of Japan's worst criminals. And he spent most of his youth either being in jail or doing crimes. We get told that he is perhaps Japan's most notorious and and deadly criminal who's done more crimes than anybody. And like, how though? He spent 20 out of the last (laughs) 22 years of his life in jail. That is a fact we are straight up told. When did he have time to do all these heinous crimes? mm. It was one really bad day. I don't know. I guess so. Bad enough that it is this heinous crime that is too terrible to tell until the next episode yeah. uh, uh, that, that put him up for the death penalty, which is still performed in Japan yep. uh, to, to this day. Yep. Uh, it is usually reserved for multiple murderers, and uh, Angelo would certainly qualify. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, the, the most notable recent executions uh, took place in 2018, where 12 people were hanged. Uh, several at a time, uh, all in connection with the 1995 subway sarin gas attacks. Oh, yep. Yes. Yep. I, I was wondering if it was going to be the sarin gas thing. That's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably like the most heinous crime that's happened in Japan, like uh, at least on, on scale. So yeah, you, you, you see the footage of Angelo's uh, hanging, uh, but something happened that caused his execution to fail. Like he got hanged and he just didn't die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he fucking escaped. <laughs> That is something that I could not find a record of in in the history of capital punishment in Japan. (laughs) Yeah. Angelo has escaped from prison and he has not been caught. So Jotaro immediately thinks, well, if he didn't die during his his hanging, he's got to be a stand user of some sort. Mm -hmm. And because of Joseph's spirit of photography, uh, Jotaro thinks he must be hiding somewhere in Morio. Yes. So yeah, Jotaro is also here to try and spot and apprehend this evil fucking stand user. And now we cut over to uh, Koichi and Josuke uh, getting out of their first day of high school and just going like, oh, hey, <laughs> and then just going on their, their own separate ways. They're fast friends now. They saw a turtle together. Yeah. Yeah. J- Josuke was just like, oh, hi. And also by see you later. I'm going home. And then Koichi's just like, no, I want to be friends. Let's hang out. <laughs> They they make friends the same way you do in, like, first grade. If you saw the same turtle, you're friends now. (laughs) Cool. I like turtles. Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) Neat. Uh, When I was five, that bonding process was, hey, do you like RoboCop? Yeah, I like RoboCop. (laughs) I shouldn't have been allowed to see RoboCop, but I did. And now I'm terrified (laughs) of the scene where the guy covered in toxic goop gets hit by a car and splatters everywhere. (laughs) It's a good scene. Maybe not when you're five, but it's a good scene. It's a cool ass scene, but I saw it when I was five or whenever that movie came out. And yeah, uh, it was uh, terrifying. I had nightmares. But after I had the nightmares, I went, I want to see RoboCop again. So I guess I thought it was cool, too. So Koichi and Jojo are like walking down the street and Josuke's like, man, all this Joestar stuff, I don't know. And like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, good impulse. You don't want that heat. Nah, yeah, you've had an average fucking life for the most part. Like you got a weird stand, a very really useful stand, actually. You should be fucking just going to hospitals and like healing people if it goes that far. The only kid on his block that never had broken toys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as as Jojo and, and Koichi are continuing to walk down the, the street, uh, a police car with the sirens on drives by and the camera pans further into the forest by the sidewalk and we can see the dead body of the woman yes. uh, that we saw earlier. The nanny, as played by Fran Drescher, yes. <laughs> yeah, Koichi and Josuke 
spot a big crowd that's surrounding like a, a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of cop cars parked there, and it turns out uh, an old lady that's next to them informs in a very strange way, oh, some guy went in there and is holding a woman hostage, and then she cackles. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah, she just loves hostages, huh? She can't get enough. The, this old lady immediately on my watch list might be a stand user. No one cackles at this situation unless you're fucked up. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it is the, the large, you know, crime looking guy. Yeah. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Who is holding sort of, you know, the, the checkout girl at this convenience store by knife point in the, the parking lot, like right outside the door. Yeah. We are later told that this is an armed robbery attempt, but like, it looks like you just want to kill a lady. There's, you're out of the store. You don't need a hostage anymore. Yeah. Koichi's very concerned because he recognizes the checkout lady because she served mm-hmm. him before. Yeah, yeah. Her, she uh, got her hair tips from Rain from G Gundam. Uh, yep. It's the exact same. Yeah, like, like a Meryl from Metal Gear Solid yeah, 2. Yeah, Meryl hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm guessing we're dealing with some sort of mind control stand, right? Where, where Angelo is getting the thrill of murder without, you know, the physical evidence ever being able to point to him. Yeah. Josuke and Koichi are just like, hey, we're just teenagers. This is dangerous. Let's just go. And they're trying to shuffle away. Because they're in a crowd of like 50 rubberneckers. The whole yeah. town has come out to watch this dude rant and rave and possibly kill someone. Yeah. This whole town's fucked up. That old lady is not alone. Mario's fucked up. But as they're trying to scoot out of the crowd, they they get noticed by by this guy. And he starts uh, yelling at them, like, don't fucking move. I'm going to kill this lady. Hey, you with the stupid hair. Oh. And so that means uh, because Josuke's hair has been insulted, he's going to solve a crime now. Um, <laughs> he just marches right up to this dude who's holding this lady at knife point. Like, what the fuck did you say to me? And so we're going to see the first really wild use of Crazy Diamond. This guy is freaking out, saying like, hey, stay back. You're pissing me off. I'm going to kill this lady. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he goes in for the stab on this lady. Before he can drive the knife into her, Crazy Diamond shoots out and punches clean through the innocent woman and the guy with the knife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His arm, Crazy Diamond's arm just clean through them. Like, Araki killed Kakuin, and he's like, damn, I love drawing exactly this. I'm going to do it so many times. Yeah, I love drawing holes punched through people. <laughs> And so both the the innocent woman and the criminal are just like dying with blood pouring out of their mouths and Crazy Diamond pulls his his arm out of them and then now the lady's fine Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the dude has the knife embedded under the skin of his tummy. You know, people say this is crazy, but this happened to me before. (laughs) That's why I don't do sit-ups. It's very dangerous. Oh, man. I can't go through metal detectors anymore. It's just in there. It's just there? Oh, man. Next time you're over, I'll use my stand to get it out. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's power specifically removing knives from people. <laughs> really specific. I've used it once. So yeah, now the dude is just freaking the fuck out because there's a knife in him. Yeah. Like, you could just see an outline of a knife <laughs> on his stomach. So in this sort of situation, uh, Angelo has apparently just abandoned this man because he begins to puke out a little water ghost covered in eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. While uh, Koichi's there screaming like, what? What happened? There was a hole in her. What? what? <laughs> that 
dude's yeah. mouth is wide open. It's like he's puking, but he's not puking anything. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> And so th- this is one of the, well, I mean, I guess technically Star's Crusaders has established he can talk through, anyone can talk through their stand. But yeah, mm-hmm. th- this weird little water stand kind of got the head of Frieza a little bit, sort of. Yeah, it gets puked out of this guy and, and says, hey, man, I was having a lot of fun. How dare you fucking stop me from doing crimes? And he, he catches the name of Josuke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he kind of slithers around and goes into like a little, little sewer grate and just says, hey, Josuke, I'm going to keep it, my eyes on you. Uh, I'm going to be watching you all the time. You'll never be safe. Bye. <laughs> and he just slinks away into the sewers. As the, the scene ends, like th- this transition is just incredible. And, and it's what I mean when I say that we, we are using non-representational space in, in order to just mm. connect things. Like as we go from one scene to the next, we start by looking at like a lamppost and its shadow. And we follow the shadow uh, until it becomes uh, tree branches. And then mm-hmm. we, we just sort of crossfade into that tree but the tree has an evil aura and it is the tree outside the higashikata house yes yeah it's so good it's It's really cool and yeah the show like this doesn't happen all the time but yeah the show loves to do these style transitions and there's a lot of different ways they collapse space like when uh uh jojo is walking up to the possessed man and and uh the screaming hostage you see his face in insert superimposed over his like whole body in mid shot walking up. Yeah. Just, just cause. <laughs> yeah. It's just cool, man. I am curious how, uh, uh, you know, the manga uh, handles that scene because it is a sort of panel composition. Yeah. And you would see that that layering of uh, uh, two things happening at once uh, uh, sort of simultaneously. So, yeah, now, now that we've transitioned to the the higashikata home uh josuke's inside he's 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 quaffing his hair he's getting it perfect his mom is putting a whole 20 in the swear jar <laughs> yeah the phone rings and josuke picks it up and it's it's jotaro he he's hanging out at the swankiest room in the morio grand hotel this small town has a grand hotel yeah yeah he he is staying in town because of angelo he's trying you know wants to do more research and, and find this guy Angelo is right outside the house now, uh, disguised mm-hmm. as a milkman. Yes, from the Lucky Land Milk Delivery Company. Yeah, Angelo is here both to take revenge on Josuke, and also he's like, damn, Josuke's got a hot mom. And also, wouldn't you know it, the the cop that 12 years ago put him in the, the dog catcher snare for his first arrest was Grandpa Higashkita. Yeah, th- this is a fucking killing three birds with one stone for for angelo <laughs> but yeah he he's disguised this milkman and he is he's hyped for this this murder spree he's about to go on and that's that's to be continued that's the end of the first episode mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. oh my god the podcast is an hour long and we got two more episodes <laughs> so let's get right to episode two josuke higashikata meets angelo mm-hmm. guess what happens in this episode whoa so, uh, r- remember that bit where uh, Angelo's final crime for which he was to be executed is is too un- is unspeakably heinous? Yeah. Well, let's speak about it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Jotaro's narrating over, you know, footage of Angelo delivering the milk mm-hmm. to the Gashkata house. Like, Tomoko notices the milkman and she just goes like, hey, watch out. And he steps in some dog shit in the sidewalk. And Jotaro continues with the this heinous crime. So Angelo passed by three 14-year-old boys, raped and killed two of them. 
Mm-hmm. And held the third for ransom. Yeah. And then by the time the cops found the kid, he had already been murdered and his genitals had been nailed to a post. Yes. God damn, man. It's, it's fucked up and bad. Like, this this is told in several scenes. Like, we keep returning yeah. to, to Jotaro reading off this file, essentially. Eventually, it gets to a point where it feels like some sort of exquisite corpse story where yes. everybody is just trying to one-up uh, uh, the last person to go, and it gets... Yeah. But it never gets to the point of, like, silly or ridiculous. It's all just really gross. It's, it's super just, gross. It's very bad. Yeah, and it's, like, it's alternating between that explanation and uh, scenes of Tomoko getting even closer to Angelo, you mm-hmm, know, just mm-hmm. thinking he's the milkman. You know, and An- Angelo is being very polite and, and, and nice and all this, trying to be unassuming. Uh, but, yeah, he's stepped in dog poop. Tomoko's really mad because there's a guy in in the, the like cul-de-sac here who just lets his dog shit wherever, and she's really mm-hmm. pissed off about it. She is so angry about everything. Yeah. <laughs> she and Jotaro really have a lot in common for not being blood-related and never meeting. <laughs> yeah. They are the same character. But Tomoko is pretty observant because she immediately goes like, hey, you're not the normal mi- milkman. Who are you? See? They're the same character. <laughs> yeah. Angelo just says like, oh, I'm... I had to fill in for the other guy. He's sick or whatever. He's out. But again, Tomoko being very observant, she notices that one of the the little bottles of milk he delivered has a broken seal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so he replaces it for her with a, a, a different bottle. And he's really pissed off as he walks away because the, the bottle with the broken seal had his stand hiding inside. Yes. And she's mm-hmm. going to drink the stand and then become a puppet or just get murdered from the inside out or yep. one then the other. You, you, you know the deal. I have to see a scene of Tomoko like at the grocery store opening up the carton of eggs to check each one individually for cracks. Yeah. And then screaming about how much she hates doing that to the whole store. (laughs) Yeah. These sons of bitches, sometimes they give you an egg with cracks. Why do they do that? They fucking suck. I I hate it here. (laughs) Uh, So this is where he introduces his stand. Yes, Aqua Necklace. Aqua, Aqua Necklace is named for Aqua, the 1992 album by Asia, who were seemingly unaware that the 80s had ended. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Aqua Necklace is a, a water-based stand that can possess people if it can get inside of them. This isn't explicitly said, but it becomes very clear that it like moves through fluid. There has yeah. to be some sort of fluid going into your body that it can hitch a ride on. Yeah. And as he he's like introducing his stand to no one, just himself, mm-hmm. he loves his stand. Well, yeah, he, he carries it like a little baby. Yeah, it likes to be on his shoulder and like hugging his face a little bit. Aqua necklace want uppies. <laughs> so Angelo spots the the guy that Tomoko is, is pissed at who just lets his dog poop wherever. This dog that looks like Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a wrinkly ass squat dog so angelo walks over to the dog and the, the owner is just you know like looking at, in the different direction uh and we get one of the more fucked up dog deaths in jojo yeah, this dog doesn't look like winston churchill for long because angelo picks up the dog in one hand and bites its face off <laughs> yeah not with a stand he, just with his fucking normal human mouth he just bites the dog's face rips it bites clean the dog's off. face off and then spews a fountain of blood spits the dog's own face and blood into the mouth of the dog owner jesus christ <laughs> it's so fucked up dude 
Like the if sa- this is the, what you get for not picking up after your dog in Japan, I will pay the littering fine in Singapore. That seems fair. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so fucked up, and it happens so quickly. It's the like the sound is everything makes it super fucking brutal. It's fucked up, but yeah, because he is spewing the dog's blood into his owner's mouth, Aqua Necklace is able to get carried with the blood into the guy. And yeah, he just kills the guy instantly. Like Aqua Necklace is inside the guy's head and like it just like annihilates his brain, I guess. Aqua Necklace shoots out of both of his ears and then gets puked back out. Like, god damn. So that brings us to the first OP of the season. <laughs> first time we see it's it. It's really happy. Yeah, it's party fun times with the colorful boys. Yeah, the the whole thing is a dance party in Morio. We're moving through Morio, and it starts with just, like, silhouettes of all of our characters, uh, many of which we, we haven't seen yet, yeah. uh, with sort of, like, colored rim lighting just going uh, zoom, 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 zoom. And then we, yeah, each of them gets a turn to do a little dance. Yeah, do a little dance, do a little pose for their standout. Koichi does a little pose, but he don't got a stand, so he just kind of stands there awkwardly. <laughs> He's my special boy, and yeah. I care for him dearly. Yeah, it's a really jazzy, happy song. Crazy, noisy, bizarre town is the name of the song. And yeah, it, it's, it is the happiest OP of JoJo by far. And like that mood in the OP will definitely be present throughout part four. It's just that part four starts off really dark with a murder rapist <laughs> that bites <laughs> dogs' fucking faces off. Well, it is still JoJo's after It's still all. JoJo. You, got, you gotta, oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, Josuke and, and Jotaro are, are still talking over the phone. Uh, should mention Aqua Necklace uh, was able to get into like the water system of the of the neighborhood. There there was like mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. um by by the dog owner. There was like a little like faucet nearby where you could like wash stuff off or or something. So he just like hopped into the drain. Oh, like your mouth maybe because it's covered in dog blood. Yeah, like that. Yeah, the 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 regular dog blood washing stations in Japan. <laughs> Uh, dogs seem to die a lot. I don't know. But yeah, jo- Jotaro is, is you know still telling uh, Josuke to really be careful, and Josuke is saying like, "Hey, my mom is really tough." Like, and of course, Jotaro is not being a very kindly uncle f- figure. I guess because he is the nephew uh, in this <laughs> yeah. case. Yeah, he's he's being his brash, gruff self, who's very dismissive of of whatever feelings Josuke might have right now, and. If, God, if he meets that mom, there will be no survivors. (laughs) Yeah. So as they're on the phone, Tomoko was uh, making breakfast and she took a drink of water from the sink. Mm -hmm. And she sits down and starts looking at the Polaroid photos that Jotaro gave gave Josuke. And she just says out, you know, it's just like, hey, these are weird pictures. Where'd you get these? And Josuke looks at her and sees a really tiny aqua necklace poking out of his mom's mouth and then slinks away. The easiest way to lose a stand fight is to not know you're in one until it's too late. Yep. His mom is dead now. She is a dead woman. Yeah. But Josuke stays really cool and calm and collected. Um, and he tells Jotaro, like, hey, it's too late. Aqua Necklace is already here. I just saw him jump into my mom's mouth. He takes a, like, a flask, a glass flask, mm-hmm. and empties it and, you know, just kind of walks behind his mom. He's just like, hey, can you add some milk and sugar to the to the coffee or whatever? And then he punches a hole through his mom. Yep, yep. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is wish fulfillment for everyone who wants to fatally punch their mother. <laughs> so, yeah, he punches a hole clean through his mom's gut. It's not a large demographic, but it is a vocal one, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah. Very vocal. 
so yeah, he he punched a hole through his mom while uh, Crazy Diamond was holding onto the glass flask. And so we see this is uh, uh, one of the parts of Crazy Diamond's ability. He crushes the glass flask into shards mm-hmm. and like repairs the flask so it starts forming back into the 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 original shape as he pulls his fist back out of his mom mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. while he does this and also healing his mom's wound this means he was able to form the flask around aqua necklace inside his mom and so now aqua necklace is trapped in the flask got him <laughs> <laughs> and his mom does not even blink an eye yeah either <laughs> either he did it i don't know better this time because you know the, the hostage <laughs> sure knew that there was a hole in her for a second or she's just fucking used to it. This happens every goddamn day. Her son punches a hole through her body and it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Love, love you too, honey. Yep. It's, it's almost like lost time for her, that part that happened, because she just kind of is just like blankly staring ahead when she gets punched clean through. And then once her wound is healed, like it's punctuated by... Like, her regaining consciousness almost is punctuated by, like, the toast popping out of the toaster. She's just like, oh, want toast? Meanwhile, Jotaro is still on the phone, uh, and Josuke's like, hey, yeah, I got that stand. It's it's no big deal. I solved the problem. It's like, what the fuck is with this kid? What is this kid's deal? (laughs) Yeah. That would have taken me a two-part episode to figure out. God damn, this kid. Yeah. Uh, there's a f- another fun little transition here where Jotaro's just like, okay, stay right there. Don't let your eyes off of the, the flask. I'm going to drive over right now. And Jotaro, in, like, in his hotel room, hangs up the phone and then just ducks and he's in the car. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, kid, here's what you do. Keep punching that flask until someone explodes a mile away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jotaro on the on the ride home is like looking over more of the files on Angelo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't know what the stand does. He's worried. Uh, meanwhile, Josuke is playing. Oh, that's a baseball. Oh, that's a callback <laughs> again because you can draw your players. It's Crazy Diamond. Uh, that's that's his team this time. But he also plays the Jaguars. Yeah. So yeah, he's just got the flask on a table right next to him, and he just keeps checking to make sure it's there. So he just shakes the flask. Yeah, which uh, voodoo doll style shakes Angelo around in the tree that, yeah. that he's like peeking in the window with his binoculars. Yeah, and it's fucking him up. <laughs> like it sucks. Yeah, or rather he's hiding in a bush right now, I think. But yeah, yes, he's, uh, yes. But he's getting he's getting fucked up from the shaking as he hides in the bush. Uh, uh, and he says, quote, I'm going to rip your smoking hot mom to pieces. <laughs> yeah. And this is when he sees uh, Grandpa Higashikata ride up to the garage in his bike. And then he goes like, oh, shit, that's the cop. Yeah. What a thrilling coincidence. Yes. He's overjoyed to see this. So Grandpa comes home after working the night shift. He, he comes up to, to uh, Josuke and puts a gun to his head because apparently this is what you get for truancy in this town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you in school hold, holding up a gun to, to his grandson's head? But haha, it's just a fake gun. That looks just like my real service weapon. Gotcha. It even looks like it has bullets loaded into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's just Grandpa's real gun. <laughs> so so now we see a, a, a wider shot of the living room, and we can see that, uh, oh, that's a Baseball 99 is being played on a Nintendo 64. Yep, it's just an N64. And this is April 99, which means the latest big releases are, most recently, Pokemon Snap. Ooh. 
Yeah. The penultimate game that uh, uh, that JoJo could be playing if, if you know, he's really up to date is mm-hmm. Gex 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Time to time to make a, a Gex edit of this episode where, where he's playing Gex on that TV. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Uh, so they're, they're hanging out like th- this is a tight knit family. Another mm-hmm. sort of reversal from uh, the, the dawn of part three is that uh, uh, this Jojo is very close with his grandfather, the one he knew he had. Yeah. So they're talking about the news. There's a, a breaking news bulletin of a, a series of, of people found dead with disfigured uh, eyes and ears, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Grandpa, with his cop's intuition, is like, I bet that was probably murder. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> Whoa. Like, what else could it be? Animals? <laughs> There's a Very killer animal? particular animals. At that point, the animal's a murderer, too, if it's going after people's fucking eyes and ears explicitly. <laughs> like, uh, Josuke gets up because he hears, uh, oh, you know, Jotaro's here. He's getting out of the car. Uh, and he turns his back on the flask very briefly. Mm-hmm. And Angelo apparently knows everything about this cop that he hates, this cop that caught him ages ago. Well, with a 160 IQ. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so he knows that Grandpa Cop here likes uh, cognac. And so while still in the flask, he uses Aqua Necklace to spit out, like to change color and also spit out water that forms like the label of a brand of cognac he likes. Yes, yes. So so now he, he is, uh, you're, you're sort of, you know, pale brown. You know, you, you've seen alcohol. He's yeah. that color yeah. inside the bottle that has formed a, a sort of fake wax seal through especially thick or especially opaque liquid that is also yeah. the stand. Yeah, and so in that brief moment that Josuke has turned his back on the flask, Grandpa has immediately taken a swig. Grandpa, it's 8 a.m., Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Small sips, Grandpa, small sips. Fucking glug. Uh, so yeah, Josuke is just like, oh, Jotaro's here, turns around, Grandpa's on the floor dead with blood all over, just sp- coming out of every part of his face. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And Aqua Necklace is already out of Grandpa, taunting Josuke like, hey, this is your fucking fault. Look what you've done. You've killed your grandpa. Through overconfidence. That That is the charge leveled at him. Yeah. And a- Angelo just, he fucking loves this. Crazy Diamond comes out, does a big punch rush, and is able to actually nail a couple hits in, on Aqua Necklace, but sends him flying, which is enough to save him. Uh, and he just like pours out of the house through a little crack in like the windowsill thinking fast in his his uh uh, motivating rage uh jojo kneels down with crazy diamond to to you know put grandpa back together all the king's horses and all the king's men yep uh but he learns a very powerful lesson which is that dead is dead yeah yeah uh, is it, at least it'll be an open casket now but grandpa ain't coming back yeah like he's able to heal grandpa like his body but the spirit's gone and you can't mm-hmm. like heal that back and again we, we see it come off in waves of mist yes yep that is very consistent throughout all of jojo now and yeah jotaro is there to to you know help josuke you know learn this lesson but yeah he can... in his first real like sort of compassionate moment of mentorship yeah. Yeah, like he talks about how the nature of mankind is violence, but that is what makes you and your ability special. You have something born out of great compassion, but quote, no amount of compassion or love can bring back the dead. However, being a total badass can like me. 
That's true. Yeah, in very certain circumstances, if you've got the blood of a vampire that used to be in your <laughs> your grandpa, you can bring back the dead. He neglects to mention that. It, it would feel like gloating in the moment. Yeah, like, sorry, kids, there's no vampires in this part. Like, I'm pretty sure all vampires have been annihilated by this point. Some of them are total losers. You would not believe. Oh, yeah. Like, well, there are a lot of qualities with Jotaro that's just like, yep, that's Jotaro. There are some moments like this and in, in parts later on where you do feel like, oh, this is Jotaro just grown up. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, do he does feel different. For one, Jotaro talks a lot more now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets lonely with the fishes. Yeah. You know, Josuke is, is mourning over the loss of his grandpa, talking about, like, he was one of the <laughs> the good cops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is basically, this is, this instance right here is probably the closest you will ever see jo uh, Jojo uh, get to going, like, here's a good cop. And the good <laughs> cop is still, like, kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, selectively applying justice. <laughs> but But you need to, the format of this part as it seems to me to be at this point, it's a procedural. Like, we've, we're on to something like uh, X-Filesy, or I guess because yeah. they're staying in one place, more, more Buffy-like, mm -hmm. where uh, there's a bunch of weird threats in this one pleasant little town. There's also a very Tim Burton vibe of, like, this uh, idyllic, ticky-tacky suburbia, but everything, if you just scratch under the surface a little bit, yeah. is fucking weird and messed up. Yeah, that's that's why part four is so cool. But it is essentially a procedural. There, there is a criminal. Yep. A, a, there, there is stained crime. We're going to to track him down and and uh, uh, return the the peaceful town of Morio to to its idyllic mm -hmm. uh, present. That's a cop show. Like yep. no one here has a badge. The the only one who did just died. But this is a cop show. Yep. It is really interesting to go from a very basic like monster of the week style thing of part three to this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's cool. I mean, again, Buffy and X-Files sort of invented Monster of the Week. That's as, true. That's as true. a term used in discourse, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Josuke talking about, you know, how, what, what his grandpa would do to protect the city. Now Josuke, like, has decided he's going to pick up that mantle mm -hmm. to keep the, the town safe and, and, you know, finish what his grandpa started, essentially. Again, another flip from the part three opening. He is yeah. taking on his grandfather's fight, but here's the flip. It's the non-Joestar side of the family. Mm-hmm. Josuke strikes a pose here. Like his real serious, like I'm gonna fuck shit up pose, and damn, he gets the he gets the fucking Jonathan Joestar eyebrows. He has the really <laughs> angular, thick, bold eyebrows of, of Jonathan Joestar. It's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, so we get our new title card here with uh, Aqua Necklace, and now I think this is unique to Part Four. The little stat wheel they start theming it to like the the color of the stand mm. is representing and stuff but but on the other side the narrator finally returns yes, to that's us. right yeah to narrate the uh the the aftermath of the funeral to sort of eulogize this this heroic cop you know two days to retirement and and yeah. everything uh, as his daughter just like seals up his room has folded all of his clothes and and like eventually they'll they'll be you know donated and disposed of but for now they they lie like holding vigil for for this fallen hero that, that yeah. will never wear them again yeah and we get a shot of koichi just like further out from the the higashikata house going like damn that's so sad <laughs> damn and then he walks away 
He's a mini speed wagon. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, he's a he's, mini speed wagon. What if speed wagon did zero crimes? Could not even conceive of crimes. Yeah, he's too little to even if he wanted to do crimes. I think I think Koichi is too small to even perform them. He can't reach up to the countertop to steal like the pack of gum, and that's everyone's first crime. Yeah, he, he'd have to bring in a little like apple crate with him everywhere, or a, a little step ladder, and that's gonna make doing the crimes take a lot longer. And also, it's a very identifying quality of a criminal that he's always running around with a little step ladder. Mm, yeah, the the apple crate bandit. Keep your eyes peeled, boys. Yeah. So now that the funeral's over, Josuke and Jotaro are like basically staking out in, in Josuke's house. They have sent Tomoko to go visit some relatives far away for a few days. Mm-hmm. They have a shitload of bottled water. That's all they're drinking. They're not going to drink anything from the sinks or anything else so that Angelo can't get to them. Well, there there's this series of very short shots of uh, Jotaro filling up bottles and, and like yeah. preparing all of this and uh, with with little whip pans in between them. And it's obviously a, an Edgar Wright tribute like that's <laughs> th- that is his camera work, but uh, <laughs> made in Jojo's. I did not realize that. that. That's good. It's a big stakeout. Because they know Angelo is is gonna come try and try and kill them, and there's a really quick shot of Josuke getting so pissed off that his his pompadour unravels and just becomes long locks of hair. They're just like shooting straight up from from anger, and then he immediately <laughs> fixes it back into the seared steak that is his hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you know, uh, uh, Jotaro is like doing a little bit of friendly exposition uh, about this whole thing and in the course of which he mentions Angelo and this just the name gets under Jojo's skin so bad yeah. that he turns the his house into a Dali painting yes everything is deformed yeah you got a long droopy clock hanging over some stuff yeah and like it doesn't matter if he's fucking the house up because he can just fix it this gorgeous copper pot in the kitchen is a melted mess mm-hmm so now we start stakeout as psychout. They're they're essentially playing patience chicken. Uh, who's going to be the first to to make a move uh, or to make mm-hmm. an escape? You know, the, the JoJo's inside or Angelo outside? Yeah. And when uh, Jotaro and Jotaro and and Josuke are talking here, we get established. Josuke tells Jotaro this that while Crazy Diamond can repair things and heal injuries, it can't heal his own injuries. Because he still has a split lip from a few days ago. Yeah. So if, if Angelo gets inside Josuke, like, he's done. He, he can't <laughs> heal himself. <laughs> I, I love the, the like, matter-of-fact dryness of the exchange. Jotaro's like, hey, uh, so so what happens if uh, uh, this stand gets you? And his response is, I die. I just I fucking die, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And Angelo is outside with binoculars in the tree, peeking into this house. He he's also staking this place out. He's got food with him. He's got mm-hmm. like sodas and stuff. So like he is set to to stay here for days if need be. Three days have passed. You know, no attacks have been made yet. But Jotaro is just outside in the yard, and he can see Angelo's left footprints in the front yard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. almost just like taunting them or something. And and. Shotaro's starting to get worried, like, what the fuck is this dude waiting for? It's been three fucking days. And so he stands up and he gets his answer because it has started to rain. Mm-hmm. And after a moment's hesitation, he realizes, oh shit, rain, that's that's liquid, that's a fluid, we gotta go. Yeah, and as he realizes that, like, Aqua Necklace is, like, he, he has grabbed onto the back of Jotaro's head. He's just sitting there. He's already mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but start planning, you know, quick enough to punch him and 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 get him off of Jotaro. And yes, just before Aqua Necklace can ride a, a rivulet of rain into Jotaro's ear to, yeah. to do whatever he wants, I guess. But yeah, like you know, even though Aqua Necklace has been punched, doesn't matter too much. He just gets flung onto the house, and because there's rain everywhere, he can essentially just fly wherever he wants right now. Yes, uh, and so yes. he travels into the house. Um, and there's a really great animated shot of Josuke going like, oh, fuck, inside the house. And he runs out of the room where, like, the little shrine for his grandpa is. And he just jumps he from the top to the bottom of the stairs. stairs. And it yes. looks so good. So good. And Jotaro gets inside the house and they're like, fuck, he was waiting, waiting for the rain. And in a matter of seconds... There, there are suddenly pots of water boiling uh, uh, on the stove, filling the, the home with water vapor that, yeah. you know, Aqua Necklace can also move within. Uh, holes have been drilled in the roof so that it is leaking and there, all the rain from outside is becoming rain inside. Yep. How did that go unnoticed? <laughs> what, how stealthy can you be tromping around on a roof with a drill? I don't know. Do they explicitly say that the hose, holes were drilled? Because I'm wondering if Aqua Necklace is strong enough to punch a hole through it. Maybe? <laughs> but still, it takes time to boil water. I guess no one yeah. was watching it, so it goes a lot faster. Yeah, Josuke was in, on the second floor and Jotaro was outside. Yeah, so now there, there's just steam everywhere. The, the sinks are running in, in all the rooms. The shower heads are on. And Aqua Necklace is now vapor. He's just a mm -hmm. murder cloud that can just... It wants to get up your nose and in, in down your throat and in your ears. Yeah. And it is all that Jodoro can do to keep them safe by just like Star Platinum punching this cloud away. Yeah. Josuke tries to capture the vapor in, you know, a glass flask again, but it's fucking vapor. It doesn't really work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like Jotaro is actually like worried. The, the type of worried you didn't see him really get in part three. And so they, they are running down their options of, of places to run, uh, places to go, and, and all of their options are bad. And all of them are, again, represented by just the, the background fades out to be whatever room they're talking about. Yeah. I love it. So Josuke is, he is doing the Jojo thing of like kind of chuckling like, haha, I know a plan. Yes. That, that very, what does he know, sudden confidence. Part one is punching a hole through a wall to get to a room where there's no steam yep. uh, and then repairing the wall but then oh shit the fucking humidifier is on <laughs> this is the most jojo thing yeah the, the the terror at seeing a humidifier working yeah it's great it's the, like the the, sh the way the humidifier is drawn makes it look evil mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> they go oh fuck you know the humidifier and aqua necklace is able to get into josuke it goes right down his throat. This drippy little guy doing the whole giggly gremlin thing. You you, you know the shtick. They're doing it again. It's always fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there, there's a little wet man in, in <laughs> Jojo's mouth. And so Jotaro thinks, well, I guess I have one less uncle. Now I get half the inheritance. Hooray! <laughs> yep. Josuke, even though he's like bent over in pain and like choking almost, he's not worried. And Jotaro's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, kid? And... <laughs> Crazy Diamond materializes and reaches his hand deep into Josuke's throat and he and fucking pulls out a, a purple vinyl dish glove. Yeah. Josuke earlier had taken a dish glove and cut it up into little pieces and swallowed it 
Uh-huh. So that if Angelo got Aqua Necklace in him, he could use Crazy Diamond to form the broken pieces, the cut up pieces of the glove around Aqua Necklace and trap him. Yep. And, and tied off at the end. So it is yeah. a, a sealed container. Imagine Josuke as a drug mule. <laughs> it would be so easy. He just gets high as shit and crosses the border and then Crazy Diamond reassembles the kilo. Yeah. Oh, man. If he can survive. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he'll never be caught. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is the very first real fight of part four. And that's already like a super fun solution to a fight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now that they've got Aqua Necklace trapped, they just like look outside the window and Crazy Diamond just spins, whips the glove around really hard and fast. And it just sends Angelo rocketing out of the tree. And they're just like, found him. (laughs) (laughs) Just punch the glove. Just punch the glove. We don't have to go through it. So Angelo's terrified. He just fell like 30 feet from the sky now. Landed on a big rock. This big lumpy rock that has its own tiny patch of grass. No one could say why. There's no reason for this. It's like a weird decorative rock or something in the city. But he, yeah, he's got his back up against this big rock. He's terrified. He's starting to beg for his life. Josuke, super pissed off, punches angelo's hand which sends it flying back into the rock and with the break apart and repair powers of crazy diamond has caused angelo's hand to become fused with a chunk of rock yes yes because uh angelo has insisted that he he may have been found guilty by the justice system but but these two have no right to kill him yeah uh uh, and jojo's like yeah that's that's not the plan and so (laughs) crazy diamond punches him a thousand times into the rock until he becomes the rock and the narrator (laughs) loves this idea the narrator is so excited yeah yeah joski tells angelo this is like this is your eternal punishment you'll be here forever and so this rock with a screaming terrified serial killer face on it with some fingers poking out of it barely becomes a a beloved landmark of the city called angelo Uh rock quote a hot spot for romantic rendezvous yeah what the what's this town is fucked up this town is full of nasty little freaks yeah the narrator says that rock looks strange but it is well loved by the townspeople (laughs) weirdos weirdos the whole damn town so yeah, like, Angelo's still alive. He's just a rock. I mean, he can probably still use his stand to make people do more murders and stuff, but okay, whatever. Yeah. Josuke turns around and just said, you know, just like, give me a break. And that's the end of the episode. And we get we, we get our first look at the ending of part four, which uh, apparently Elena likes a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this ending is very much a counterpoint to the opening. We are also we are again flying through a model of the town, mm-hmm. uh, although instead of happy party time, there, there's a lot of like stills. Uh, uh, the characters all remind me of like cardboard standees from yeah. a, a board game. <laughs> yeah, they, they are 2D, but in a 3D space. But the song, of course, is uh, uh, I Want You by Savage Garden, their Hell very yeah. first single, even before Truly Madly Deeply became a giant hit. It is also used in early Dawson's Creek and yep. late Supernatural, which both uh. seem like pretty good touchstones for uh, <laughs> this this part of JoJo's. yeah. I like this song a lot. I, I like I always go through the ending of this one just because I like I like hearing it. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I should bring up to promote part four of Jojo, the anime coming out, a limited edition Jojo version of Savage Garden's second greatest hit, hits album. The singles was released and the what? cover. It says like the, the, the album cover of 
this greatest hits album of Savage Garden just has Josuke on it. I want this. Yes. I want this. It's got Josuke on there with like his arms up and cross across his chest and he's wearing like a bunch of fancy jewelry and bangles and shit. Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. I thought that was pretty wild. And I just really want to know how much of this like does anyone from Savage Garden know this happened or was this just like a licensing deal and like some business people are involved and that's that? It does seem that artists whose music is used in JoJo seem mm. pretty into it. Yeah. Like Last Train Home got a JoJo themed re-release too. Oh, yeah. And also like Last Train Home, you know, being used in something in like, you know, the middle of the 2010s or something is probably like... A surprising nice little resurgence for the the artist that made last stream home you know yeah i'm pretty sure that didn't make it into dawson's creek right yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. i wonder how hard it is to get a hold of this this jojo themed oh yes the japanese album. limited edition release cover apparently yeah. yeah i bet that's that's not at your local sam goody uh yeah it might be on like the the japanese yahoo auctions probably but yeah i thought that was a pretty pretty fun bit of trivia funny story uh we thought we were going to talk about three episodes this week Mm -hmm. and time has gotten away from us so uh my closing thoughts will incorporate things from uh episode three Mm -hmm. but yeah like like i mentioned earlier this it's very you know yeah it's it's buffy it's x-files it's uh fucking twin peaks you know yeah uh, uh, Jotaro as Dale Cooper riding into town, but <laughs> oh, with man. a very different vibe. <laughs> yep. Part four, I'm I'm so pretty sure is my favorite part, just because I I just really like the X Files or like Buffy show format, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and seeing a JoJo twist on that is really cool. From the get go, you get some really fun like stand powers that are used really well, like right away. There's it it doesn't feel like Rocky in this part is having to think on the fly and like edit. Mm-hmm edit powers and stuff until he gets he nails down something he's happy with it's just like crazy diamond was just a cool power from the get-go yeah is flexible enough without feeling like bullshit the way battle tendency starts with so much more confidence and and composure than phantom blood i I feel Mm -hmm. like you can draw the same parallel between the part three and part four openings because after so much time in stardust crusaders now we know what a stand is what a stand ought to be what what makes a compelling uh, uh, stand story. Mm-hmm. That's why we have, yeah, Crazy Diamond off the start, playing with literal structures of things, and and then uh, next week tune in to see how that gets complicated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and iterated <laughs> upon in some very fun ways. Yeah, these first two episodes are kind of a smaller story uh, that gets you used to the new setting and also Josuke and the new tone mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. part four. Part th- the third episode just kind of blows the the story of part four like wide open. Like it gets so much more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the developments of the next episode, uh, in a really cool way. Yeah, I mean, th- this opening does draw so much on past openings, though. Like I- I've made the point repeatedly that it is a remix of the plot beat. That, that start Stardust Crusaders, mm-hmm. but it's the the two episode tutorial boss structure yeah. of Battle Tendency. <laughs> 
yeah, the yeah, a- Angelo here is kind of the straight so I guess uh, of this mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of shows where you know they do have some type of tutorial boss style villain at the start, and usually, especially on a rewatch or something, a lot of those types of villains feel like, oh, I'm just going to skip over this. You know, they're not that interesting. Whatever. The Angelo fight is fun. For an example, straight so is the least interesting part of the opening <laughs> of Battle Tendency. I mean. It's that still has some really fun shit in it, but yeah, totally. But none of those things you're thinking of are straight so, are they? Yeah. It, it's Joseph <laughs> dealing with straight so, maybe, but Yeah. 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 Angelo's still a fight that like I remember and go like, yeah, that's a cool one. I like that. The the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trying to, to to think back on Star Wars Crusaders. We never really had like a stakeout stand fight. I guess the closest you get maybe is like the sun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you what do you think of Josuke? I'm looking forward to more of the chill party times with Josuke because I want to see him be a fucking little weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I want I want I want more turtle time and less serious avenge my grandfather time. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- when he gets down to business, he's a very uh, uh, standard stock hero, at least so far. I, th- I think the interesting bits, the the unusual stuff you, you haven't seen a thousand times before is when he's outside of, of that mode. Yeah. And like his like serious mode also definitely develops over over this. So it's it's not always just going to be like what, what we've seen in these first two episodes. The the whole like Josuke gets mad when people insult his hair thing kind of changes a little bit too like Araki also knew like when writing it that like hey i can't lean on this too hard you know because it'll just end up being like a really like two-dimensional character trait like gets mad when his hair's insulted so Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't go super crazy with it it's not like a this is how josuke is gonna win every fight just just getting somebody to insult his hair but but i do enjoy the way he's two-sided essentially like there is there are two boys in that boy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And one boy would never think to do an action leap down the stairs into danger. But what happens when you kill that boy's grandpa is you get the other boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Part four is fucking crammed full of so many goddamn characters. Uh, (laughs) It is probably the biggest cast out of any Jojo. The opening and closing. There's so many people that I have not seen yet. There's girls in this one. This one has girls. in it. There's girls in this one. Yeah. Like we we haven't got gotten to see too much of Koichi yet because the opening is very focused on establishing Josuke. But man, I'm excited for more Koichi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a little speed wagon. He's a little cockyine. He's got a lot of good qualities from a lot of different side kits, like sidekicks. If there's one thing that Araki does really well that probably doesn't get talked about as much as all of the other things, mm-hmm. it's he's got a knack for sidekicks. JoJo's sidekicks, I love him. Right. <laughs> There's just some ineffable X factors. Like, I want to see the world through this guy's eyes. So it's a good thing that that is his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really excited to see more Koichi and, and all the other characters get introduced because there's a lot of really fun ones. Like, this this almost feels like the part where Araki had tons of ideas for other characters that maybe he didn't get to use for other parts. And it's just like, you know what? All these freaks live in one fucking town now. <laughs> They're all here. <laughs> Every citizen is just a fucking weirdo. And I'm I'm sure that eventually I'm going to get tired of mentioning it, but I don't mm. think I'm ever going to get tired of watching the new directorial eye in this yeah. season. In the way that, like, this is a bizarre world, a bizarre town where weird things happen. The sky is green sometimes, and it doesn't mean a tornado. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
It's just t- the sky's green today. That's it. Space is what we need it to be. Once we have established, you know, the, the geography that makes the action work, we mm-hmm. can represent that space in any old way because we trust your brain to hold what's real, distinct from yeah. what's being depicted uh, uh, in a more narratively engaging way that takes advantage of the medium. Like, I'm so surprised that this of all of them is the one that got the live action treatment. Yeah, the, ta- the Takashi Miike movie. Because I, it's, it has to be a completely different take on the material, at least the presentation of it, because you can't do these things with a real camera. Yeah, you can't break yeah. a room the way they do. I really got to watch that movie sometime. Because I'm really curious how that is directed and how that how that looks. Uh, I should also bring up, like, yeah, on top of... So, like, the backgrounds in parts one through three, very, like, realistically portrayed backgrounds. And, like, the normal for backgrounds in part four is way more, um, like, graphic looking. They look way more illustrated. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're a lot less real looking. Like, it, it's just even, like, the, the, the line work looks a lot more like, hey, this is a panel from a manga. There's a little bit of, like, contouring to a lot of stuff, especially if you, like, look at the 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 gloomy clouds at the end of episode two um they're Mm -hmm. a lot more stylized than all the background work in the previous three parts it's just really cool i i love the look of part and yeah this is also you know the the slow gradient of going from extremely big beefy men to you know more realistically proportioned kind of like lithe stringy dudes (laughs) josuke is svelte he is yeah. svelte. He's still like a six foot tall teenager. He's like 14 or 15 years old, but we're getting there. We're, we're getting to, to, to svelte now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Josuke is lean rather than buff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Though Angelo's still carrying the torch from part three. He's huge. Oh, absolutely. He, absolutely. He, is, he is massive. He is a massive guy. He's like 500 pounds of muscle, this guy. Yeah, we, we really didn't talk about his look. It's fine. He's, yeah, he's, it's fine. He's drawn evil. Yeah. You can basically put together the whole thing from that. He's yeah. drawn evil. Evil swept back hair. He's got a very, uh, lots of lines in his face. Big cheekbones, big chin. Mm-hmm. I wish we could talk about episode three because we already watched it, but two episodes were two hours, so. Calling an audible on this lets us uh, uh, not break uh, a two-parter in half. So we're, we're continuing that at least. Yeah. I hope we can fit three episodes in next episode because that's actually a three-parter. So that is the plan. We will be back next week with those next three episodes, meeting some new characters that you've seen in the OP and the end credits. <laughs> yeah. What are, what are they about, though? We'll see. What are they about? What's That dude must love money, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please make sure to, especially now that we're, we're starting... A whole new part of JoJo again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let your friends know if they've ever been interested. Like, hey, this I think this is probably a pretty fun way to to watch along or or re-experience a, a show they may have not watched in a while or you know even the first time. You know, we're we're on uh, SoundCloud, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts. By this time, we'll be on Spotify and all that. Let people know that's that's how shows like this grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hope the hiatus treated you all well. It was only a month. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week with a three-parter. See you then. To be continued.